Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. So I want to say, uh, first before we start, that please do not be in a hurry. Um, service is kind of flowing as the Holy Spirit is leading it this morning. Uh, it's already 11.22, and I have a lot to share. And the Lord spoke to me that he's going to do uh, a work in the hearts of men today. So when uh, Jonathan called uh, people to the front this morning, it was exactly what the Lord spoke to me. So at the end of this service, I'm not going to rush. I'm going to do my best to go through the material in a methodical way. We are going to spend some time to pray. And I don't want you to miss out. So, but if you have an engagement that you need to get to besides lunch, lunch is not an engagement. <laughs> Please, I want you to stay uh, just a few more minutes than our normal time. Praise the Lord. So the message that God gave me this morning is uh, secrets to answered prayer. Secret to answered prayer. Love, faith, and prayer, the power combination, the power combo. There's a secret to getting things done in different aspects of life. And if you know that secret, you can put the secret to work, and it will work every time. Amen? There are secrets to making wealth. People that understand it, they are able to put it to work, and then they produce wealth. One of them is work, by the way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One of the secrets of wealth is work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So open your Bible to Acts chapter 3. It's not just prayer. You have to go and get a J-O-B. I'm just saying. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. The Bible says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter is saying, I don't have cash to give you but I have something else to give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So he had it, just like you will have cash in your pocket, just like you have wallet in your pocket. He had it, and he knew how to use it. It's one thing for you to have money. If you have money in your bank, a lot of money, let's say $50,000, but you are going hungry in your house, it's because you need to take that money go to the grocery store, purchase something, bring it to the house, and then prepare the food, and then you have something in your stomach. 
So the fact that you have resources in the bank does not translate to food automatically. There are things you have to do to produce that food available for you to consume. So we are looking at some secrets in the word, not something outside of the word, on answered prayer. And I don't want you to look at your wife or your husband. I want you to open your heart this morning. The Lord spoke to me and said he wants to do surgery in the heart of men today. But it's up to you. He gave you your heart, but you can close it. And once you close it, there's nothing the Lord can do to help. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. It's you that you open your heart to him to receive him as Lord, but also to receive his word. Amen? Amen. So Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and hanku bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This is a guy that has never walked, walking, leaping, and praising God. This is a miracle. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat at the gate, begging hams at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I declare over somebody this morning, what people know about you, what people that is not in line with the word of God or the, or the, or the plan of God for your life, they are going to see a turn around. They are going to see a different person. They're going to be wondering, is this James? Is this Bishop? Is this Mike? What happened? Jesus happened. Jesus happened. So we see this story. This is not a very new story. But I want to lay some methodical foundation to get to the climax of what the Lord put in my heart this morning. In the last several months, and I want to honor Pastor Tom, even right now Pastor Willie, uh, Pastor Terry, for their leadership. I love Pastor Tom. I love Pastor Willie. I really do. Um, they are good example, good leaders. I love Pastor Terry. They have modeled uh, the right behavior. So I just wanted to say that you guys are caliente, right? <laughs> Did I say it right? Fantastico. <laughs> How about that one? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think I woke up with everybody that was sleeping. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So in the last several months, I've preached many, many messages. I've preached on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I've preached on Christ as redeemed us from the curse of the law. I've preached on salvation here and there. I've preached on the subject of faith possesses what God gives. I've preached on, Lord, show me your glory, discerning the times. Hallelujah is my weapon. I love that. Alpha and Omega, call to act like God. It shall come to pass, the law of faith, approaching God as the righteous judge. The Lord loves justice and mercy, the prophetic and prophecy. That was a series. The glory of God's presence, the secret of getting the best of God, and faith confessions, and many, many others. So I went and looked at my 
my notes and the things that I use as I prepare before the Lord. And the Lord was showing me some patterns. You know, there are methods to what God is doing. God will give Pastor Willie a message. He will give Pastor Storm a message because he knows what the congregation needs. So what God gave me this morning is the heart of Jesus for his body. So I'm going to run through real quickly on what prayer is and some things attached to that. What is prayer? Prayer is common to humanity. You just have to look around. The Buddhists pray. The Hindus pray. The Muslims pray. Every religion pray. Even agnostic and uh, people that don't believe God, they pray. Like the, tr the plane is about to crash or they're about to have an accident. You know what usually comes out of people's mouth? Jesus. I've never heard anybody call Buddha. Never. Jesus. Because there's something written in the DNA of your spirit man. Because you came from him. You came from him. Even though right now you are saying you don't believe him. You came from That fabric is woven into your spirit man. Jesus comes out of Muslims' mouth. When they're about to, you know, near-death experience. Jesus! They say, what happened to Allah? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there's something written in the code in our heart that he is Lord. Somebody say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over my life. He is Lord. He is Lord. There's no controversy. Jesus is Lord. So prayer is not unique to the Christian faith. Every race, every tribe, every tongue prays. But the difference is we pray to the living God. They pray to some deity, some deity somewhere. They pray to Allah, they pray to Buddha, they pray to Confucius, which is, in my opinion, confusion. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They pray to all kinds of things. But then when you look at it, if you look at uh, as much as the church, the body of Christ, we don't see as much miracle as we would like to see. And I'm going to explore what the Lord showed me. But when you look at Christianity compared to every other religion, put them together. The only place you will see joy, you will see heart of gratitude, you will see miracle, you will see the power of God is in Christianity. In fact, I have a, a very close friend growing up who was Muslim. In fact, he, he he's now a pastor now, so he's not a, no longer a Muslim. But he said in the Quran, because I, I never read the Quran, he said in the Quran, Muhammad told his people to go, if, you, if, if I'm not helping you, go and help yourself. Amen? If what I have is not helping you, you can help yourself. That's why an average Muslim, at least in my country growing up, they will have other things added to their faith. They will go to the herbalist, the, the, the juju guy, the, the guy consulting the ancestors. They will go to that and get charms from him. And they will go to other places because it's permitted according to their book. But we look to Jesus. We look to Yahweh because he is all sufficient. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. He is truly the prince of peace. The only one that answers prayer. Hala has never answered prayer. Buddha has never answered prayer because they are dead. Amen. Jesus is the only one that resurrected on the third day. Am I speaking to my people this morning? Yes. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He rose on the third day. Ah, the grave couldn't hold him. And so because the grave could not hold Jesus, whatever has healed you, whatever has held you, whatever has perfected your life, will leave you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a prayer answering God. So let's go to some basic things about prayer. Prayer is not just a bunch of flowery words, you know, big grammar and big English or big Spanish words that nobody can understand. You have to go look at the dictionary. It's not about that. And if you are somebody that has a lot of big words, it's also okay to pray that way. Jesus understands it all. Amen? Simple English, complex English, anything in between, he understands it. Big Spanish, small Spanish, and everything in between, he understands it. So let's not get hung up on, oh, the great I am, the I am that I am, all this Hebrew word and Greek word and all of that stuff. That's good, but may, you know, some of us, we've learned it and we use it in worship and, and adoration to him. That's okay, but that's not necessarily what prayer is. In fact, at the heart of prayer is fellowship. The number one purpose of prayer is to fellowship with God in heaven. The number one purpose of prayer is to fellowship with God. It's not just to get my needs met. That is secondary. The primary purpose of prayer. So when I go into my prayer closet now, the first thing I do is open my Bible and begin to sing to him, begin to worship him, begin to love on Jesus. And then I begin to read the Bible. I haven't presented anything yet. It's at the tail end sometimes that I will talk about whatever I want to pray about that is on my heart. So the purpose of prayer is to spend time with the God that saved you. Amen? Prayer is not effective just in the volume because your voice is at the highest octave. It's not what makes it effective. Amen? Prayer is both public and private. The Bible says pray in the closet. The God that will hear you in closet will answer you in the, in the open. The Bible also talks about lifting up holy hands together to pray in public. So it's okay to pray in public, but it's also okay to pray in private. So in other words, you can pray anywhere, anytime. I will also say this, the Lord is prompting me. When I started as a believer, the first early years of my walk with the Lord, I was one of the people that you consider that has no prayer life. Amen? No prayer life. In other words, I wasn't praying, even though I was a Christian. And I know there are people in this auditorium right now, and the people watching from home, that you have no prayer life. If you have no prayer life, you are a powerless believer. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't fellowship with the God that has all power, you are going to be powerless. He loves you. You are still his child. If you die now, you are going to go to heaven. But right here on earth, Satan will walk all over you. Because if you look at the ministry of Jesus, because that's what we are supposed to follow. Who are we following? Jesus, right? If you look at the life of Jesus, he was a man given to prayer. Many, many times he will pray all night. 
Every major decision, if you go and track it, every major decision that the Lord was going to make when he was going to select the 12 disciples, when he was going to heal, which happens every day, he will spend time with the Father overnight, and then he shows up, and then there's demonstration of power. What you see in public is a reflection of what happened in the secret place. So if you want to have power with God, you need to have your altar, your prayer altar, consecrated. Now, you are the kind of person that wakes up early because you have to get to work early. Well, I don't have time to pray. Then that means you need to back up maybe an hour or two, however long you want to spend, and wake up early. You give up that sleep in exchange for fellowship. There's no shortcut around that. Like I said, in the early part of my walk with the Lord, I didn't have a prayer life. And then you come to church and then you ask the pastor, pray quickly, pray quickly, something is happening. Pray quickly. Pray. And, and God has mercy on that, especially when you're a baby Christian. Somebody else can carry you. But as you begin to grow, God expects you to stand on your own two feet spiritually. Praise the Lord. So prayer is not just flowery big words like the Pharisees do in Matthew 6, 7. Prayer is also not just one type. We've preached on this. This is something that we, can act, we actually need to do as a series because there are so many dimensions to it. So that's why I'm just doing the high points. Uh, there are all kinds of prayers. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all kinds of prayers and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So then I'm going to jump to the next section, why pray and why study prayer. The Bible says in Proverbs 25 verse 2, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings or the honor of kings, like some translation would say, to search it out. It's the glory of God to hide a matter, to conceal a matter. On the pages of scripture are gems buried in in the open, so to speak. But it's my job and your job to dig it out. How do you dig it out? You bring your Bible and say, Holy Spirit, show me. Amen. I've been having some flowery and wonderful time with the Lord in the last couple of weeks. I'll tell you something that I share with my daughters. I was praying maybe three days ago, spending time with the Lord, and I was praying. I was just fellowshipping with the Lord. You know, I read my Bible. I'd spent some time to meditate. And after a few, like an hour or so, and I began to pray. And then I said, Lord, I was just having a good time. I can feel the presence of God around me. And I said, Lord, I'd love to see your face. You know, like, see you. Like I'm looking at Lou. I want to see your face. And the Lord spoke to me as clear as day. He said, you are seeing my face already because I am the word. Every time you engage with the word of God, you are looking at Jesus. Every time you open your Bible, you are looking at Jesus. He said, when you look through the word, and if I appear to you, it's the same thing, because I am the word. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. You want to hear from God? Open the Bible. He's waiting to, enga to, to engage you. So turn off the TV, turn off social media, and spend quality time with him. That's prayer. That's the heart of prayer. The Bible is a book about a kingdom. 
And in the kingdom, there are laws. I preached on the law of faith. And there's a law of prayer. There's a law of righteousness. There are so many laws that govern this kingdom that we are part of. And there's also the law that governs the realm of the spirit. We have natural laws, gravitation, uh, that governs the natural world that we live in. But there are also laws that governs what happens in this kingdom. So if you are going to be successful, you need to know how it works. And I was giving the analogy to my children about uh, a, a very accomplished, well-knowledgeable chef. The chef goes to the market, to the grocery store, and buys all this stuff, like Pastor Willie. And then he lays it out on the table. And you are looking at it like, what is this? It doesn't look like anything. But in the mind of the chef, he can see the finished product. Because he knows what to do, how much to add, when to add it, at what temperature. And by the time it's done, you have caliente. You have something that attracts your palate. He put it together. So the same thing, you have to know how things work in the kingdom of God. For you to on purpose put it to work. Faith is a law. Prayer is a law. We need to know it. And because when you now know it, you'll be able to engage it and get results. And the Lord spoke to me about one of the reasons, or a couple of reasons, why we may not be seeing the result we want to see. Amen? So I want us to pay attention because I don't know about you. I don't want to waste my time praying and praying and praying week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, and there's no movement. Something's got to be wrong. One thing we have to settle is it's not on the Lord's side. Because the Bible said he's not deaf. Our God is not, is living, he's not deaf. And he's a prayer answering God. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Meaning that if my asking constitute asking, I will receive. These are the words of Jesus. So I've been, you know, praying and spending quality time before the Lord and saying, Lord, what is going on here? Why am I not seeing answer in this area? I see answer in all the other areas, but this particular one seems like this huge mountain that's just laughing at me. Glory to God. So I want us to stay with me this morning, and I believe the Lord will give you some revelation. I said one of the reasons why we pray is because it's the way of the kingdom. Jesus modeled prayer for us. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible said, So he, Jesus, often, somebody say often. 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 That means it's very frequent. <laughs> we drew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Many times, my family will be gathered together and maybe they are watching something or I'm watching something. I just feel the pull of the Holy Ghost to go and pray. And I'll just tell them I'm going upstairs to the office. I just leave and I'll just stay there sometimes for the rest of the night. I just you know, got my worship song going on and just worship and then start praying. You have to have a healthy time with the Lord. It's not this five minutes uh, noodle prayer that we are doing. That's good, but you need to have time with the word because that's where your victory lies. 
Another thing that I'm going to say, because I'm just following as the Lord is giving it to me. When we get together and we are addressing darkness, we are saying cancer leave, we are saying darkness leave, and we are commanding it. The Bible says Jesus in Mark, in Mark 16, he said, go into all the world and preach the good news. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. The first thing, the first thing, go and look at it. The first thing that the Lord says is going to have authority over darkness. So when I'm commanding darkness to go and darkness is laughing at me, something must be wrong. Now, you are the same guy that will come into church and declare against darkness or even in your prayer time, but you are the same guy that has a potty mouth. How can good flow out of the same system and bad flow out of the same system? Satan will not listen to you. The Bible says you will have authority over the devil when your own obedience is complete. So we need to know this. You can't be living like a saint on Sunday and living like the devil on Monday and Satan will listen to you. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Praise the Lord. Another reason why we pray is Jeremiah 3, 33 verse 3. The Bible says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. He didn't say, call unto me, and maybe I will answer you if I'm feeling good. Or maybe I will answer you if, you if you qualify. No, he said, call unto me, and I will answer you. I mean, there are, we can go through hundreds of scripture that guarantees that if our prayer constitutes praying, we will get answers. But there's one area that we are going to, we are building up to it. Matthew 7, 7 to eight. Ask and I will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks will find. To him who knock it will be opened. Now I want to say to you if somebody is here that what we are going to talk about towards the end is something that's holding your prayer life captive, you are far better than the guy that does not have a prayer life. Far, I don't have time, but I would say for like 10 minutes, far better than the guy that doesn't have a prayer life. Because in the place of your prayer, the lover of your soul will point things to you and say, Bishop, I need you to change that. I need you to address that. Bishop, I need you to correct this. Because he's our teacher. Amen? Amen? He wants us to have life. John 10, 10, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I came that you may have life, have it to the full, till it overflows. God's expectation for his church is to have victory every day. Look at the life of Jesus. There is no one instance that he brought anything or he encountered anything that he couldn't handle. Somebody will say, well, but it's Jesus. But the Bible tells us that he emptied himself. He was 100% God and 100% man. So he was demonstrating for us how a son or a daughter should live. So am I there? No, I keep moving. I keep moving. I keep advancing myself, growing myself, learning, and spending quality time in prayer. And asking God, Holy Spirit, help me moving forward. So the other reasons we pray is we have an enemy. This enemy is the enemy of God, and by extension, your enemy. And I'll tell you why. Because you look like Papa. 
He's like, what do you mean? You look like Papa. When I look in the mirror and I look at you, Bishop, we don't look alike. How can we look like Jesus? You're looking at me in the natural. In the spirit, I look like him. In the spirit, you look like him. So every time he sees you, you remind him of his arch enemy. So he knows he can't get at God. So you come at the next best thing. His daughter, his son. So we have an enemy. That's why you must pray. Help me tell your neighbor, you must pray. What is your prayer life look like right now? If we are going to do an assessment, you know, everybody gets an assessment on their job at least once a year. If, we are, if the Lord is going to do an assessment right now, what grade are you going to get? You don't have to tell me. Please don't say anything. That's between you and the Lord. What grade are you going to get? In 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring liar, is looking for whom he may devour. Who do you think is the uh, easiest target? Even in, uh, if you watch uh, uh, National Geographic and the lion is going after its prey, who does it go after? The weakest. Who's the weakest in the body of Christ? The prayerless believer. Amen? The word of God is for reproof, for correction. That's what the Lord is doing this morning. The Bible says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. 2 Corinthians 10, 36. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not physical. They are not blows. They are not guns. You don't take a gun to fight Satan. He's going to laugh at you. He's on the other side. You, you can't go looking somewhere in, the, in Grand Canyon or in Europe and say, let me go hunt Satan down. No, he's not there. It's a spiritual being. It's a spiritual being. Our weapons of our warfare, they are not physical, but they are mighty in God. Somebody say, mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every eye thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Many times we stop there, but you need to read verse 6. And being ready, talking about you, to punish all disobedience when your own obedience is fulfilled. So I have to live an obedient life in order for me to be able to address darkness. If my obedience is not fulfilled, you are cheating on your taxes or cheating on your spouse. You are, your life is exposed. You are walking in darkness. You know, it's tax season right now. Many people will do all kinds of stuff because, you know, government has billions and billions and billions, maybe trillions. So it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay for a child of God. Let him be your source. Why do you want to exchange rubbish for gold? The little few dollars that you are going to get by lying. You want to exchange that for the abundance that he promised. That's stupid. Excuse my French. That's dumb. Why would I take a few dollars when he says it's more than enough? Meaning that it will meet my needs, no matter what it is, no matter at what level. Psalm 107, verse 17 to 21. This is going to sting a little. The Bible says, fools, this is not me, this is the Bible. 
fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted. In other words, the reason they are afflicted is because of their transgression and because of their iniquity. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gate of death. They cried unto the Lord. What is that prayer? In their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word, and his word healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He said, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. So sometimes the reason that we are going through trials is because we opened the door. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you get away from the secret place, then you are exposed. Amen? Keep your life under the secret place. We have example of men and women who prayed in the Bible. We are not going to go into that because of time. Elijah prayed. He called down fire. Elisha prayed and raised Shunammite's son from the dead. Hannah prayed. Even though the Bible said the Lord closed her womb. And you know God is a righteous judge. And I've preached on this before. It has to be a legal reason for God to do it because God is not mean. Satan is the mean person. God is kind. So there must be a legal reason for that womb to be closed. And so, you know, the judge has made a decision and you want to overrule it. One of the other things that we find, the Bible says God is rich in mercy. He's not just good with mercy. He's rich. He's wealthy with mercy. And he wants to lavish mercy on everyone. So even when the situation is my own doing, I put it on myself, I can approach the mercy seat. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Meaning that you have to present your case. Even when I'm guilty, I still approach him because he's my papa. Glory to God. Now, let's move to how to pray. Number one, pray fervently. James 5, 16. The Bible says, confess your trespass to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or is dynamic in power. Produces tremendous power in the spirit. Even though you can't see it, keep praying anyway. Keep praying anyway. Keep praying anyway. But it's not just enough for us to pray. We are going to look at uh, the ingredient that goes together to produce that caliente food that we talked about. The Bible says pray in the secret or pray in public. Matthew 6, 6 to 7, we already covered that. You can also pray in public. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, the Bible says being let go. They threatened the apostles. They said they were preaching too much. They were too loud. They threatened them. They said they, give, they gave them lashes, and they said, go. If you do it again, you are going to be in trouble. And that, the Bible says, being let go, they went to their own companions. They went to their own buddies, fellow brothers and sisters. Amen? And what, what happened? And reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they, the company, heard it, what did they do? They raised their voice to God with one accord. 
They didn't say, oh, now, what are we going to do? We need to come up with a policy so that we only pray inside the house. We need to come up with a policy around the time when we can. No, no, no. They raised their voice with one accord to God. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings. Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in it. And then if you read the other next verses, it began to Adonai God and began to declare who he is, began to talk about things he has done in the past. And then when you jump to verse 31, and when they had prayed, somebody's pray. When they had what? Prayed. The place where they were assembled together was shaking. The place. You know, it's people get shook up when people shake under the power. Now, when the building starts to shake, isn't that what we just read? The place where they were assembled together was shaking, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to let up. I'm not going to tone it down. I'm going to tone it up. Glory to God. They prayed. They prayed in private. The Bible also says pray at all times. First Thessalonians 5.17. The Bible says pray without ceasing, without stopping. You never stop praying. Every season is a season of prayer. Glory to God. Now, another part that's very, we are now getting to the meat, and I'm going to hang it up, wrap it up with a nice bow. You have to depend on the Holy Spirit to pray. The Bible says in Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit also help in our weaknesses. What is our weaknesses? Stuff is happening, then we just pray what we know in the Word, and we start praying that, and that's good. But there may be other dimensions to it that you don't know. But the Holy Ghost knows. So it's going to help you pray. So you pray in English and then you switch over to tongues. Manga, sombrege, lego, diaraba. And begin to speak mysteries concerning that thing. And, and the Lord begins to work it out. He begins to work it out. Amen? So depend on the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. Likewise, the Spirit helps with our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. When you read that phrase, it seems like that sound, that's kind of silly. If I'm broke, I know I need money. Yeah, it's true. Maybe you need money. But the reason why you are broke may be because God is trying to deal with your heart around your giving. So if you keep praying, Lord, give me money, give me money, give me money, you are banging your head against the wall. Because the solution is for you to unleash your giving life. Praise the Lord. Yes, pray, but trust the Holy Spirit to guide your prayer, to fill your heart with what you need to pray. Because it's like our secret agent with the Father. The Bible says he knows what the heart of the Father is, and he will pray according to the perfect will of God. So depend on the Holy Spirit in your prayer. Pray in the natural and pray in the supernatural language. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. The Bible says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. My natural understanding doesn't understand it. It, it, Like somebody speaking Spanish. I know Piquito Spanish. So whatever you are saying is just... It's just noise. I don't understand. It's the same thing. When I pray in tongues, I don't understand it, but I am <laughs> I'm digging some deep wells in the spirit. I'm digging some deep wells. The Holy Ghost is putting things together, the pieces of the puzzle together. 
So you pray in the Holy Ghost. And if you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, there is prescription in the word, or just, just receive it. Just receive it. If you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, I will advise you to get that quickly. Don't wait a month. Don't wait a week. Get that quickly because it's going to transform your prayer life. Glory to God. Now, I want to ask us a question. Who can stop the Lord? Remember that song? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring in power. He's mighty in battle. Who can stop the Lord? But I want to show us something in your life, in my life, that can stop the Lord dead in his tracks. Let's look at it together. Living as a believer, because in the kingdom that we belong to, the law of the kingdom is love. Okay? The law of the kingdom is love. And that's where we are going today. So please, guys, don't be in a hurry. We are going to wrap up pretty soon. The law, the law of the, this is the meat of the message. So don't, don't leave now. If you live in unbelief, if you live in lack of love, it stops the power of God from working in your life. If you look at Matthew 13, 58, the Bible says, he could there in his hometown do no mighty work. Why? Because of their unbelief. So that's why I asked us the question earlier. Who can stop the Lord? Your unbelief can stop the Lord from working in your life. So that's number one. Your unbelief can stop the Lord from working in your life. Another thing that can stop the Lord from working in your life is ignorance. Ignorance of scripture, not ignorance of what's happening with this celebrity, who hooked up with that, what's going on in sport. All of that is good, but if you are ignorant of the word of God, you are at a disadvantage. The Bible says in Osea forces, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They have gone into captivity because they don't know what to do. They have no knowledge. So lack of knowledge, unbelief. Lack of love, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, the works of the flesh that you find in Galatians chapter 5. These things will stop the, your prayer from working. All you are doing is just a sounding symbol. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 talked about. If I don't have love, I'm just a sounding symbol. I'm just clang, 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 clang. That's what you sound like in the spirit. Because you are not working in love. This is not a laughing matter. This is a serious issue. We need to know it so that our prayer life can flow the way God wants it to flow. If you don't work in love, it stops your prayer. Look at 1 John 3.15. 1 John 3.15. I don't think it's in your material. If it's there, that's great. Because I keep studying until the day I preach. So my material is always bigger than what I give. Um, I have to send it by midweek. 1 John 3.15. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. That's my British English. He's a killer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you look at that First John, when First John opened, he said, brothers, he's writing to believers. This is not a letter to unbelievers. He said, he that hates his brother 
is a murderer. Your, your ex did you terrible. You know, it took everything. Or your boss, your former boss. You know, when I left my, one of my jobs, I didn't live on a good term. For a season, for maybe a couple of months, I struggled with that. But I had to go to the Lord and just forgive. Because if I don't forgive, I know that I'm going to be stuck. Meanwhile, this guy has moved on with his life. You have to forgive. Help me tell your neighbor, you have to forgive. That's the part of the work that the Lord is doing in the hearts today. And we are going to pray before we go. Please, don't be in a hurry. You have to forgive. No matter what. People in the church, they have no uh, harmonious relationship with their family. Uh, something happened about two years ago. My big sister, we had uh, a scuffle. I feel I was right. She feels I distracted her. And we are both Christians. So for a season, maybe about a month, I was praying. And every time I pray, I just feel that dryness. You know, you know that sweet presence of the Holy Spirit that you enjoy? is just not there. It's yucky. Something is not right. So I knew in my heart I need to get it right. So I, I kept praying. I said, Lord, help me to get it right. So I called my sister. And I apologize. Even though, if you ask me, I think I was right. <laughs> Even right now, I still think I was right. But it's not about my right. When you became a child of God, you signed away those rights. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. He gets to call the shots. So if he tells you to go and apologize, you go and apologize. So I call my sister and apologize. And everything just changed. Now, if you see that we have a family chart that we do, it's all encouragement and prayer. We're encouraging each other with prayer. It's just, you know, there's something that the Bible says about brotherly love, brotherly harmony. That's where God dwells. God does not dwell in chaos and unforgiveness and malice and holding grudges. If you have that today, the Lord wants to do a surgery in your heart. You know, many times we open our hearts and there are some chambers in the heart that we keep locked out. Keep out. You know how teenagers will put things on their door? Keep out. <laughs> I tell my girls, what do you mean keep out? This is my house. <laughs> if you are not careful, I will remove the door. <laughs> There's no keep out in this place. The only way you can say keep out is if you are paying rent. <laughs> Even as a landlord, I have rules too. So, <laughs> glory to God. So, you have to forgive. If you want your prayer to produce, you must have a conscience void of offense towards God and toward man. I'm quoting scripture. You must have a conscience void of offense. So when I go to pray, the first thing I check is my heart clear before God. Because it's a waste of time. If I spend four hours in prayer, I just wasted four hours. Just go and watch soap opera. Because it's not moving anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Unforgiveness, malice, hatred in the heart of a believer, it's like cancer in the body. You need to get rid of it. We are talking about the things that can stop the power of God from working in our life. I, I heard uh, one of my mentors in the faith say this. As a believer, you have to be quick to repent, quick to forgive, and quick to believe. 
You should write that down, put it on your visor, put it in your car, put it around you everywhere. You must be quick to repent, quick to forgive. Repentance is towards God. Forgiveness is towards your brethren and quick to believe. Those three combinations will make your prayer life just take wings. Amen? 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love, he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can you claim to love God whom you have not seen? If you don't love your brother, your sister, I'm not just talking about natural brother or natural sister, I'm talking about the brothers in the church. We are going to step on each other's toes. Pastor Willie, as kind and as loving as he is, I'm going to step on his toes at some point in our relationship. But he has to forgive me. That's what the Bible says, and vice versa. You are going to step on this brother's toes, or that brother's toes, or that other person's toes. Maybe somebody in the church thinks that you are looking at them cross-eyed, or something you said, or something you did in the course of the service, or in the course of your relationship. You have to develop and mature to a place. You just forgive. Just let it go. If it's bothering you, go and talk to them. Have a conversation with them with the mind that the purpose of the conversation is to settle it and forgive. And forgive. And forgive. But I have my rights. Well, you can keep your rights plus prayer not being answered. Keep your rights plus your prayers not being answered. You have to learn the art of groveling as a believer. Even though it's you that is in the right, if you bring him before the Supreme Court, they will say, Coach Mike is right. But Coach Mike still has to be matured enough and say, forgive me. That's what Jesus said. So if you want your prayer life to take wings, you have to forgive. Now, we know that faith always attracts Jesus. Faith. Everywhere faith is, it attracts Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So, as a child of God, you have to develop an appetite or an arsenal of faith. So, we are looking at the secrets of answered prayer. You have to forgive your in-laws. I know it's quiet in the house. <laughs> your in-laws, your parent-in-laws, your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, your uncle, your cousin, your... You know, God is highlighting to you right now. The Holy Ghost is highlighting to you right now. That person or that persons that you need to forgive is doing a Holy Ghost surgery in your heart because he wants you to be free. He wants you to, that, to have that sweet fellowship every time you come in his presence. Prayer plus faith plus a foundation of love equals results. If you are looking for an equation, love plus faith released through prayer or just your words produces results. The foundation of it is love. Uh, let's look at scriptures. The Bible says your faith will not work without love. 
prayer does not cause faith to work, faith causes prayer to work. I'm quoting Gloria Copeland. Prayer does not make faith work, it's the opposite. <laughs> and what makes faith work is love. Faith worketh by love. So if I don't have love, I'm like a sounding symbol. I'm just making noise in the spirit. I have to love you whether I like it or not. You have to love me whether you like it or not. Otherwise, your prayer is stopped dead in the tracks. I don't care how many hours you pray. I don't care how long you pray. I don't care all kinds of prayer you put up. If it's not based, foundationed on love, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Now you have to forgive your son. You have to forgive your daughter. You have to forgive your mama. You have to forgive your dad. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. Otherwise, your prayer is not going to work. We want our prayers to work. You know, I always admonish people, encourage people, sometimes even cajole people or bully people to pray. When I say people, I mean people in my household. <laughs> you must pray. Have you prayed today? Have you prayed today? Have you prayed today? And that's necessary. We should encourage one another. You know, when I see Teresa, have you prayed today? She should ask me too, have you prayed today? Amen? To push each other to righteousness. When I see Pastor Terry, have you prayed today? You shouldn't see it as an insult. You should see it as a brother coming alongside and say, hey, have you spent some time with the Lord today? And, I, and vice versa. If somebody is saying to me, Bishop, have you prayed today? And if I have not, I should just be honest and say, you know what? I have not prayed. I'm going to go take care of it right now. Amen? But all of this has to be based on the foundation of love. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, write it down, don't forget it. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. James 5, 13 to 15. The Bible says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let the elder of the church pray over him or her, anointing him with the, pray, with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. If your prayer is lacking faith, you are wasting your time. It's a required ingredient. But if your faith is lacking in love, just give it up. Because faith works by love. You know, picture uh, a mechanism that are interrelated. The, the greatest of them, 1 Corinthians 13, the last verse, they, they are abide hope, faith, and love. But the greatest of them is love. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love is not irritable, love is not puffed up. Am I perfect? No, I'm working on it. Uh, I, let me tell your neighbor I'm working on it. Let me tell your neighbor I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm not perfect yet. I'm still working on it. But I make sure when I go to the place of prayer, you know, there's this, there's this lady, powerful lady that I, I, I read an autobiography. Like, you know, you, you know, the book, God's Generals, that's not all of them. 
In fact, the ones that are, that are written about, there are some that are unknown that are mightier in the eyes of God than the ones that they wrote about. I'm not diminishing the ones that they wrote about. I'm just stating the obvious. There's this lady called Lillian B. Yeoman. She said, if my prayer is not working, I start changing. Because God never changes. The problem is with me. It's not with God. When you look at the equation on the God side, everything is good. So if something is not translating, it has to do with me. Either my love life or my faith or the lack of prayer. I start changing. And I heard Papa Egan talk about it and many, many others talk about the same thing. If my prayer is not working, I start changing. There was one experience that Papa Egan had. He got sick, violently sick. All of a sudden, he just came out of the blue. And he was wondering, Lord, what is going on? What is going on? And he started praying. He said he, he was so sick that he needs to get, die to get better. That's how bad it was. And the Holy Ghost said, it's because you have put your prophetic ministry behind your teaching ministry. You have put your prophetic ministry behind your teaching ministry. When you look at the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teacher, the prophetic is always written first. Go and check it out. Don't just take my word for it. So in his case, the reason he got sick was because of that. Now, the same Papa Egan, you know his ministry is world-renowned. His sister died of cancer. So this same sister had cancer two or three times before. And every time they will pray, the cancer will leave. And each time, the cancer was different. So this particular day after the funeral, he was in his room, just meditating, just reflecting on the activities leading up to it, just asking questions, like many of us are asking questions right now for the obvious that has happened in the last couple of months. And he was asking, Lord, I don't understand. Every time I pray, I know I was believing. I check my love. I check this. I check that. What's happening? While he was doing that, all of a sudden he was standing in heaven. The Lord took him to heaven. And he saw the sister and the Lord Jesus having a conversation like uh, Jonathan, my brother, Nick in the back, having a conversation in that kind of distance. And so they walked, he walked up to them. And as, they, as he approached, he saw, I mean, the sister knew that somebody was walking. So she turned around. When she did, the Lord walked to be, and was talking with somebody else. And they began to talk. And he now said to, she said to him, Kenneth, don't be mad that you couldn't pray the prayer of faith for me. Your faith was intact. There was a reason why you couldn't. And she never told him the reason. And then she went on to talk about the daughters, the husband, what to do with them and all that. And then after they were done talking, the Lord came and began to talk to him about his ministry and about the need for the church to understand the foundation of faith is love. If your faith is not based in love. So when you are praying, I don't care what it is, especially when it's a terminal situation. The first place you should go and check is love. If your love is intact, your faith is intact, stay there. All you have to do, the Bible says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. That's another part of the equation. Sometimes it will require you to be patient, waiting upon the Lord. But you must make sure that your love life is intact. If your love life is not intact, your faith is like a, uh, a car that stalled in the middle of the highway. It's not going anywhere. You must live a life of love. Prayer of faith 
faith based in love. When you put the three of them together, then you have a victory life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. I'm going to read these two passages and then we are going to pray. So what we are going to do is because of time, we are not, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. You are going to sit where you are and you are going to allow the Holy Spirit to do a surgery in your heart. This is the most important component of the law of faith. Yes, we talked about how faith comes. We talked about how to release your faith, confession. All of that is necessary and true and valid according to the word of God. But the foundation of it is love. The foundation of it is love. Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. The Bible says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Remember in the book of uh, Mark 11, 23 and 24, if you will speak to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Now you jump to verse 26. He said, when you stand, when you stand praying, forgive. In other words, all of this declare to the moon, declare to the star, declare to the darkness, it's true. But when you stand praying, forgive. Because if you don't forgive, your heavenly father will also put it back in your account. Is that scripture? If you don't forgive, then your heavenly father will not forgive you. And the scripture even says that when you are bringing your gift to the altar and you remember that you have ought, that's the old King James Version, or you have something against Brother James or against uh, my brother over there or my sister over there, he said, leave your gift at the altar first. Go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your gift. Otherwise, I don't care how big that check is, it has no record with God. We need to know this. Amen. We need to know this. If you want your prayer life to work, love. Love one another. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are indeed my disciples. How? Because you have love one for another. 1 Corinthians 13. John 13, 34 to 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall men know that you are my disciples. When you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, 13 is a chapter on love, 12 is charisma, and 14 is also charisma. In it, meaning the gifts that Jesus gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then in 14, he begins to expand on how the operation of those gifts will happen. And then he sandwiched love in the middle of it. Love in the middle of it. So if you want your ministry to flow, your anointing to flow, your prayer to flow, everything is, um, is foundationed on love in this kingdom that we belong to. So right now, because our time is far gone, we started really late, I want us to begin to talk to the Lord right now. You know, uh, if we can put a, a soft music playing in the background so that people have the freedom to pray. 
I want us to tell God because the reason why your prayer, quote unquote, may not have produced, may not be because you don't have love. It may be because you don't have love. There's unforgiveness somewhere. It may not be that. So the reason for my life may be different from Pastor uh, Willie's life or Pastor Terry's life or your life, but the Holy Ghost knows. So I want you to, in this moment, you know, two or three minutes, I want you to talk to the Lord. And this is not a one and done prayer. It's a prayer that I want you to take to your prayer altar at home this week for the next several weeks and just ask the Lord, Lord, do a surgery in my heart. You know, when, sometimes when they're doing some complex surgery, they will do surgery number one, and they will tell you to come back, and then they will do surgery number two, because they can't do everything at once, they will kill you. So they will do it in stages. So the Holy Ghost may need to do layers of surgery in your heart, but you have to submit as a patient. Because if patient is not on the table, there's nothing doctor can do. You have to show up first. So I want you to talk to the Lord this morning. And as the Lord is bringing memories of a family member or loved one or a former boss or former colleague or former business partner, the Lord is speaking to you. The Lord is highlighting it. Just forgive. How do you forgive? Lord, from my heart, I forgive John. I forgive Amy. I forgive Nancy. I forgive uh, Santiago. Whoever it is, I forgive. And I want to remind us also, as soon as you do that, Satan is going to come back. You know, maybe a few hours from now or tomorrow. Say, you think it's that easy? Just remind him, you laid it at the cross. If you want further dialogue on this matter, go to the cross. As far as I'm concerned, I already put it there. And you may have to do it a few times. Say, Lord, I forgive my, my sister-in-law. I forgive my son-in-law. I, I forgive my... Uh, Whoever, I forgive. I let it go. Because if you don't, it's going to stop your prayers. It's going to limit your effectiveness. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk to Pastor about this. If I can turn this into a series so that we can really dig, dig deep. Because this was too fast. There's so many aspects to it that we can go into. But the main thing that the Lord wants us to, to hear today is love. Love plus faith plus prayer equals results. If you are a man of faith and you don't have love, 1 Corinthians 13, you are like a sounding symbol. You're just making noise. So talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Let him do, let him begin the surgery in your heart. For some of us, it's very simple. You just lay it down and you're, you're done. For some people, it may take a while. For the Lord to walk through you. Let him do it. Let him do it. But I have my rights. Remember, you signed your rights when you made him Lord and your Savior. Lord means he has the right to command. Forgive your daughter-in-law. Forgive your grandbabies. Forgive your grandma. Forgive your grandpa. Forgive your sister-in-law. Forgive your husband. Forgive your wife. Forgive. Forgive. Because that's how we know that you are truly belonging to him. Forgive that pastor that robbed you or that business partner that robbed you the wrong way. 
Many have been in churches where they've been hurt by pastors, either on purpose or inadvertently. Whatever the case is, forgive. Put it under the blood. Put it under the blood. I hope you are praying right now. Please don't lose this moment. Don't lose this moment. So shift your focus away from the prayers that you are praying. Lord, heal this. Lord, do that. Lord, do that. Let him do that surgery in your heart. The other things will be added. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things, his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added to you. Healing in your body, breakthrough in your job, breakthrough in your career, breakthrough in your business, finances, family harmony. They will be added. Focus on the main thing, love. Seek his kingdom. Live as pure as, as possible. And if you miss it, quickly repent. Don't let it fester and grow and, and, and develop wings. As soon as you miss it, Lord, I missed it. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. And if it's your family member, repent. Say, you know what? I messed up. I forgive. I forgive me. I, I think I spoke too harshly or, or I, I said something that hurt your feeling. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Let the Lord do the work in your heart this morning. Let the Lord do you the work in your heart this morning. And I'm going to pray right now. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. As you are doing a work in everyone's heart. Teenagers. Uh, people in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Whatever your age is. The Lord is speaking to your heart this morning. Lord, I pray for everyone Every prayer request that we have tabled before you. Lord, speak to everyone so that they know where they need to make that adjustment. When, when, hair, when, when hair plane is flying, the pilot will make what is called cause correction. They do it throughout the flight. Because if they don't, they will end up in Hawaii. Even though they are supposed to be going to California. It's what, we, it's what the Lord is doing this morning. Cause correction. So that our prayer life will be effective you'll be batting the same average that the Lord was batting so Father I just thank you for your word this morning I pray for Pastor Tom and his family I pray for those that are watching from home I pray Lord that this word will rest in our hearts we will receive it because only those that receive the word will produce 30, 60 and 100 fold if you scoff at it and say that's not for me that's for my wife that's for that person Oh, I wish this person was here to hear it. No, the Lord is talking to you. The Lord is talking to me. The Lord is talking to each and every one of us. So, Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for the patience of these people in the house today, my brothers and sisters. Lord, I thank you, Lord, because you told me that you are going to do surgery in the heart of people today. And everything that has happened today aligned perfectly with that. So I just honor you for what you are going to do as people are getting ready to do their taxes, trusting you for finances, trusting you for healing, trusting you for breakthrough in one area or the other. As we align with this message and what the Holy Ghost is communicating through this vessel to you, we begin to see breakthrough, increase in our batting average in the place of prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you.